the street, not on the sidewalk. Right, they get bumped or what have you. Or So, yeah, I've just become, maybe it's maturity, maybe it's, you know. It's conscious. Whatever it is, right? So, Anybody need any more coffee or filler or anything? I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah, everybody's good. Thank you. I have my own crap, by the way. <laughs> I, was, I was noticing yeah. that. Is that yours? Is that no, it's hers. It's hers. Uh, she, she gets tired of coming here and filling my cup all the time. She's well, embarrassed she, when I go out there and get one. Yeah, right. <laughs> she goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to give you a crap. I, I tip them five bucks every time I'm here. I don't eat. But I mean, just because they're so good here. Oh, she did say, by the way, that she's donating all her tips today to the AJ Fund or whatever. Oh, right. I, don't, I don't know what. AJ Dead little dead, dead, dead kid. But where where does little the, dead kid. Well, where, where does the money go now? We paid for a deluxe funeral for the kid, but where? I don't. Do you exceed the fifteen thousand? AJ friend, you don't know about AJ friend. It's a five-year-old got beat to death by his parents in Crystal Is that Lake. The conclusion. Yes. Yeah, they they got the coroner's report. He died from uh, bludgeons to the back of the head. Compounded by hydrothermia. Yeah. yeah. See the science of how they determined hydro. Well, there's a reason why I don't there's the paper. You can evaluate how the bruising happened. It's an example right there. You know, I can't handle it. Can't it's handle disgusting. It. And, and initially, the read on that was that he was abducted through a bedroom window, what have you, which, yeah, right? I mean, that was the initial, of course. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, we have a predator among us, what have you. And yeah. so, no, it was the. It turns out it was the parents, and they did some forensic work on the guy's, the dad's cell phone. And okay. Found exactly where he was buried up in Woodstock, and and the coroner did his thing and published the report, I guess. And wow. Uh, so, yeah, but um, I haven't followed it that closely. The very first time I saw it breaking, my wife was talking about it. I. I guess I was incredibly judgmental, but I took one look, listened a little bit, said the parents did it. Um, uh, so you know, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, you know, give it aside to get away from this morbid shit. Mm. When I was studying about uh, author awards, you know, because there's tons of them, the, uh, the Police Association has an award for Best Detective Novel. And this started, <laughs> this started 20 years ago because they, the officers that were in a conversation were talking about new techniques that they picked up from authors. Really? And it came up with ideas about how to solve crimes, and then they're like, this is a really good idea. So they have an award, and then they take this one that has the best technique in it. Wow. And that That's lovely. interesting. Yeah. The whole well, concept of DNA identification came from an author. Oh, really? Yeah. Whose brother happened to be a DNA research scientist. Wow. There you go. <laughs> That's interesting. But... Uh, we actually are. I, I misspoke last week. We were actually recorded episode 67 last week, not 66. And so today it's episode 68 of Civil Tension. Um, shine a little note out. And I know that today uh, our, our overall group and everything is competing with the McHenry Chamber Scramble. Hope they enjoy a wonderful, wonderful day today. They often do those on Fridays. Well, those are great um, scrambles. And, and really, uh, so I hope they all have a great day, especially but with this guy. Right? Yeah, that was surprising too. Um, I shot out a note, and this was brought about by John, Uh-oh. as as often things are. But you know, we got to talking a little bit last week, and John said, "Hey, you know, is is the problem really the symbology?" And you know, the word? problem with what? The, the When we were talking a little bit about, you know, people not being able to or being requested not to decorate for Easter or then Christmas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, or not put your cross up or, you know, not decorate. And John posed a really good question to me anyway. And so to me, it, it, it what it boiled down to is what are you really afraid of? What truly is your fear? If you do not want to see the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, a Christmas tree, an Easter egg, the cross, whether it be the Star of David or a crescent, if if these things if these things damage your delicate sensibilities, are you truly afraid of that which you see? And you can take this even further to uh, Mr. Biden, you know, announcing his presidency and he announces his candidacy for presidency with something that's already been debunked. 
but you know he, he's he's standing his announcement on we have to find the soul of America and tear down all these statues. You know, are you truly afraid of that statue? Are you truly afraid of the old stars and bars that you know everybody was became up in arms about over the last year? Uh, are you really, really afraid of all these things? The courthouse, wherein they said, "Oh, you gotta take off the Ten Commandments off the wall." This is, you know, a courthouse, not a church. Been there for decades upon decades. What are you really, really afraid of? Is it that thing, or is it what that thing represents? Are you truly afraid of the ideology? Is that what you're really afraid of? I don't think they're afraid of anything. The great then why does it need to become? Why does it need to come down? You're afraid of something. No, they're not. The the shit they have to go through to get it torn down makes them famous and gets them elected. And I think there's some superiority to it. Of it my, my religion is better than your religion. My God is better than your God. You 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 gave ten examples here that were all religious. If you had a neighbor, no, who the, the, the flag. A lot more religious. Um, we have you know the U.S. flag is now apparently offensive to some people. Oh, okay. Um, but take it one further. Take take it one further. And if you have a neighbor, your Neighbor is gay and has the rainbow flag flying on their front door. You know, again, are you offended because they have a rainbow flag? Are you offended because they're gay and you don't want to have to explain that to your kids or it doesn't fit into your belief system that that's an okay thing? But there, you know, I, think, I think there's a difference between being offended and being willing to take action based on that alleged offense. So to play off of your example of the rainbow flag, if I had a neighbor and they had such a thing flying in front, would I find it offensive? Yes. Would I find the behavior offensive? Yes. Would that compel me toward action to say, you need to take it down and remove it from your private property, which I believe you hold and pay taxes on, never truly own the state of Illinois. The answer, <laughs> the answer, to, that, the answer to that would be no. And that's the issue, that my personal, there's something, there's some, it's okay for someone to say, you know, I don't agree with that, or I don't think that's the right thing, or I'm even going to take it to the level of, gee whiz, that offends me, but that doesn't mean I'm going to take action and compel you to action to remove it. You're talking about pushback. So, so it, it, to, to continue the play on the flags, it's a good example. So it's not the fact that they're gay or they're LGBT or whatever the hell you want to classify them in today's speak. The issue is that they're activists. They put the flag out there for a reason. Because they're activists. Because they're activists. And so they want to change. They want to change society's view. Well, they want to change by hanging the flag out there. They want to change society's view. They want these incidences to come into light. That's the whole point. The whole point was was to come in from a situation where under the, the latent oppression of the system. Latent oppression. The latent oppression of the system is what they're pushing back on. They want to bring this out forward uh, and say that it is this is a normal behavior. It is not abnormal. This is a normal behavior for humans. This is what their agenda is. This is why the parade. This is why they do all these things that they're doing. This is what their battles in the courts are, which, by the way, they're winning. Mm -hmm. So the, you, the, the fact that if someone is, is, a, is going to be a trans, this is the law in states, someone who is a transsexual, they cannot seek counseling. If they go to a counselor and a counselor tells them that we, I will counsel you because you believe that you are a woman, you're actually a man, now you want to be a man and you're having all these problems because you made a bad decision, the counselor, by law, cannot counsel them. They have why to be not? silent because the law says that they cannot do so. That's why. And that has Didn't been know that. Well, wait, but that's been advanced by who and why. Can you speak to that, Dan? I can. Okay. Uh, the, it, this goes back into the idea of cultural Marxism. This is kind of where it begins. Okay. It's a phenomenon that started uh, as early as 87. Um, and the people at the time this is going on were arguing if this is, this is a bad idea. It's going to come a worldview. It's now a worldview. So, but the agenda behind this whole thing is about the the literally the destruction of Christianity. It's, it's, it's an attack on God. It's, it's a direct assault. 
They're doing it through very slippery ways of doing it, but this is what they're ultimately after. And the reason before that because of this is this relative relational aspect that, he, that we've spoken of before, Ben's reason in, in Revelation. The, it, it, it's hilarious, the argument that they make. They want science to be the authority of our cultural decision-making process, but yet they will deny science saying that, uh, well, a born male is male. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. The idea of chromosomes. Yeah, the the fact that the fact that you're a male is stamped on every single cell in your body, and because you want to disillusion yourself into thinking that you should have been born a woman, is crazy. But now it's a normality, and this is what their agenda was. They wanted to bring this idea forward and saying that this is a normal thing, and it is literally an attack on the Bible and all the things that. The conservatives hold is is a self-evident truth, so which is a relevations. Relevations are self-evident truths. In other words, you don't have to reason them out. There they are, and this is what this whole game is about. And it is, and they're winning the game right now. Back back in back in when I was in, in when I was in college back in '91, graduate '92, we would have. Child. I'm, I'm, I, I resemble that remark. Thank you. I'm okay with it because someday I won't be. <laughs> and uh, but there, but there's a we would have these debates regarding marriage, um, same-sex marriage, and I would always take the position because there are those and fairly conservative individuals that they were advocating for civil unions, and I said no, you cannot grant that. Is because eventually it's going to go from civil union to full-blown marriage within church, and eventually it'll go from um, not just voluntary but to obligatory. You must do this, or you will lose your tax-exempt status. And the day is coming when churches will have to support this lifestyle, this social agenda, or they will lose their tax-exempt status. They will be shut down by the state. That is going to happen. That is a big that, jump, John. No, it isn't a big jump, Ken, because I made the argument back in 92 that what is happening today is happening, and by gosh, I was right. And there are certain municipalities that are reviewing, uh, in the PNW, for example, they are reviewing sermons being issued from the pulpit by churches. It's happening in the United States of America. And you need to understand this. It's just a matter of time. And, 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 and so let's go back to, uh, and Dan, you may remember the exact date, but I don't. But I think it was back in the 70s, the American Psych Psychological Psychiatric Association, right, what have you, APA, they declassified homosexuality as a mental disorder, right? And then I think it was like 72, 73, somewhere That's right. in there. That's right. It's okay. really 77. Right, okay. And so they declassified it, and then it's a choice, right? A lifestyle choice, whatever. And it's they, still considered a mental aberration. Right. And so, and so what was it, about 18 to 24 months ago, they did this with what? Say it together now, pedophilia. Say it again, pedophilia. They did that. They declassified it as a mental disorder. They classified it as something natural. And the uproar, once it hit the news waves, was so dramatic that they reversed their decision. <laughs> I was right in 91, I'm right now. It's happening, it's gonna happen. What you mean of course by that is that the, the things that you were studying, you believe it's true then, and you believe them true now. Right, because because that because the things that I predicted back in 91 were going to happen have occurred. You, you predicted based on, this, on the based research on the, that's been done by other people. Right, based on the data points, and this is where it's gonna go. It's gonna be, because you're, because you're dealing now, you're dealing with the lobbyists of NAMBLA. Okay, fine, LGBTQ organization, if you're so against pedophilia, why don't you denounce it? But they don't. Okay, they don't denounce it, they don't renounce it, they don't say no, that is not a part of who it is we are. But eventually, they're gonna, they're gonna bring that in, and then what's the next thing after pedophilia? Bestiality. What I think was hilarious is that uh, when they made this change about the, uh, the, you know, the law about the same sex, you know, or I should, what, is the, what do they call it, uh, the, the change in gender, gender identification. Right. You know, what I was surprised by is that the women's lib organizations, the feminists didn't like raise up in arms because all of their work the moment that that was considered collapses. Because there is no such thing as feminine rights any longer if I, as a guy, want to identify as a woman. Although, no, that's it's being destroyed. They're already like well crazy, on their way to destroying women's college athletics. With regard to all of this, 
why do people fight so hard? When I look at these things, doesn't matter what it is, whether you're, you know, lettuce, bacon, guac, and tomato. Justification. Whether it's, yeah, justification. It doesn't matter whether it's religion, whether it, whether it's a flag, a statue. Why do you fight so hard? And my head went up for myself, and this is why I posed this the way I did. When I fight something or fight against something, something that's coming toward me or something that just I'm not okay with, it's fear-based. It's always fear-based. Um, it's a are you it's, classifying a deep concern of fear it, by that it's, statement? That's, I, I maybe? I'm not sure. They're not the same. Because if I'm going to fight something that affects me, it's generally got to affect me directly. Frankly, I could care less who or what you love, who or what you marry, who or what you choose to identify as, because that's that doesn't impact me directly. It has no, you know, because someone wants to marry a train station, I find it rather comical. Then why have laws? But, but you, you, you know what you're running down? You're becoming a Roman in the first century. Mm -hmm. That's what you're running down from the thousands of years of civilization that they had. All that, all that came to its conclusion in the first century. It came to it in the embodiment of an emperor named Nero. Yeah. And the destructive, horrific aspects that were going on at that time were bypassed by the citizenry because they had that opinion that you just announced. They allowed that to occur, and it continued to occur. But it was the... And it was the, and it was the people that were actually having the, the, these horrible things done upon were the ones that brought upon the revolution of Rome. And it didn't really get into itself until that generation grew up. Then you had the reign of the, of the benevolent emperors that lasted, I don't know... They called them the the wisdom members, or I can't remember the name at the moment. But uh, but when you look at society, you see that the things that the children today are being taught will manifest itself when they become adults and in power. And so the people that have wisdom are extremely concerned. Like, do you realize the Pandora box? That you're going to open if you start legalizing this shit. Do you realize that 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 all the structures that have bound us as a society are going to be loosened? And it's going to result itself into a very chaotic and very horrific time period. And all we have to do is look at history. Mm -hmm. We don't have to go away very far at all. That's why we have philosophy. This is why this is why these philosophers throughout these years have talked about these these traumatic things. And this is what Marx was after. He saw a very traumatic thing going on in his area, and he spoke very much to it. Hmm. And, and the thing that's interesting about it is, and I've had conversations with example. my with my daughters about this. Because they're very, you know, very contemporary with their thoughts on that topic, and I don't agree with them. And the, 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 I said, do you understand that the same things that we are debating right now, that we are arguing right now, and my position being this and your position being that, someday you'll be seen as the conservative, and your children will rail against you as being a hedonist, as a hater, as a this and a that, and this thing will continue to move down the track, and you will wonder, I want you to remember, my dear sweet girls, I want you to remember these conversations we're having, because someday you will be me, and no, that flag may not impact me, but it will impact my children. It will impact my grandchildren. It will directly impact the world they live in or, worse yet, die in. Correct. Okay. Now, maybe I needed to go a step further and explain why sure. I don't care because it doesn't impact me, but it does not mean I have to accept it either. So, you know, if we're going to say, look, if I want to put up a tree, I'm going to put up a tree. You can't tell me, and I won't accept you telling me, that I cannot because it offends you. Screw you. My house, my yard. Okay, don't care. My tree does not impact you. Provided that it doesn't. Right. You're, you're it's skipping a step here. But it doesn't. If it's in my house. Provided that it doesn't. It, if it's in my if house. If the tree you put up does. If it if it has uh, uh, and there are trees that can that can dis cause disease in other trees, if this thing that you put up is okay, can cause it. Sure. Uh, the reason why what? I love your analogy, but I want to make sure you don't miss that step because your your whole argument is predicated on it. Okay, provided that it, it does doesn't, not. Okay. I shall not put up a poisonous tree that will kill your right. tree. Right, right. But what I'm putting talking about putting up a tree. 
is decorating for Christmas. That's what sure. I'm talking about. Now, I don't plan or would not intentionally bring a poisonous tree into my own home. Hopefully, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but if you look at it through my window, don't look through my damn window. Look somewhere else. Cast your gaze over there where it won't your delicate sensibilities won't be impacted. Yeah, the Nazi flag flying over all the countries is fine, provided you don't look up. I mean, that is, that but, is, a, is a terrible argument. Mm. It's a terrible argument because what you were but really we saying is, is that I will allow the tyranny to go on, provided it doesn't affect me. Well, no. the wave just hadn't hit you yet, it, and it will. <laughs> here's the, again, as long as you don't come and coerce me, we have the First Amendment. So if someone wants to find us screaming back to Dan's point of without the rule of law and the traditions behind it, we're so entirely fucked. And and we are are screaming down the highway Mm -hmm. to abandoning that basic gut level premise that we as a we as humanity have gained experience and knowledge about a good and, and happy way to live and we try to define that in laws and enforce them and it's what kind of keeps us from screwing it up yeah. and we're starting to screw it up pretty big time even if your tree is not diseased well we immediately arrive at the argument where does my liberty end and yours begin I was about to raise that point right. and, and, Wait. The, and the other and the other issue is this is that is that there that there is a right and there is a wrong. And so long as there's in society, okay, it isn't the issue that one wants any one part of societal demographic persecuted, prosecuted, um, tied to a, a telephone pole and whooped, drugged behind a pickup truck. That's not the issue. I think the issue is the promotion and the abandonment of all that is good and virtuous as given to us in a Judeo-Christian tradition as leveraged against um, Greek reason. And, and, that, and I think that there is that, and that, that what we're finding in this new advocacy with obvious Marxist roots is a, a tyranny that we don't know what to do with because at some level it's being cloaked under the lamb's clothing of liberty, of personal liberty. And there's something yeah. there that we're wrestling with. It's, it's the issue of, look, if I don't want anyone to be persecuted based on who it is they love, right? But I, that doesn't mean I want it endorsed. And that doesn't mean I want it taught in the public schools where my personal dollars, my blessings that I consider from my creator are confiscated by government given to promoting an agenda that is an affront to my religious and personal conscience. And so there's a lot to unpack there, and I know it's not all perfectly stated, but sometimes you got to say it out loud to get it right. And there's no black and white lines here. But you look at it and you say this. I just like to get down before Dan pounces on me. If you are conservative... If you are of a religious belief that these things are not acceptable, you would hopefully choose to live in communities of like-minded people. Yes. And if you want to be accepted and open, there are places in this country that you can go. Really? The, are, where you, are you absolutely certain of this? I had a cousin who died in the 80s. Mm-hmm. He was out before it was okay to be out. Sure. He was as flamboyant as life could be. Mm-hmm. And he went to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And in that environment, he was welcome and accepted if he lived out here in McHenry County in a very conservative area, he would not be right. as welcome. He sure. would not find bars to hang out on on Friday night with like-minded people. Sure. So San Francisco, we, Galena, Key West. Right. Right. The, 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 <laughs> right. 
I've gone to Key West and had a good time, and I'm as straight and narrow as you could get. Sure, I like Key West. It was just there in December. So my point is this: but, is that, but, but the issue is though, is that that this is the this is where the this is where the this is the problem that I have is that my gosh, if y'all just if that look, I don't agree with it, but if you if who all want to go do, I mean, that's your problem, that's your issue, that's your situation. Leave me to mine, but that isn't the agenda. It's an activist agenda. That it's, is exactly There you go. It's not a matter of that they want to do what they want to do or think they have to do in, in their liberty and be them. No, they want to con they want to coerce me and my agenda and kill my god because it offends them. No. You're look, I don't agree with what they do. It's an affront to god. It's an affront we can go down the list. That's not the issue. For, I'm trying to put on my, I'm, I'm not abandoning my, my faith, but I am a Westerner, and there is the, the, the tension between reason and revelation. Don't try to coerce me through your laws, through your court cases. Because back in the 90s, it was about, look, we just want to be left alone. And I said, no, it isn't. It's going to be about coercion. Eventually, that's what you will do. Because that's what people do. Are they, are they asking you to be gay, or are they just asking, asking you to let them be gay? They're it's, asking. it's more insidious than this. What they want to do is they want to be able to have a platform, and they can come into the school where his daughter is and his, and his son's right. in. Boom. And they want to Activists. tell them that, you know what? You are born to be able to have sexual relations with whoever you want to do. And, and, the, and whoever, right, and, and, whatever, and right, yeah, and, right yeah. and right now, and I forget, it's fucked up. And, and I exact, <laughs> can we say that? And I forget the, exa I, I forget the exact yeah. demographic, but from ages of, gosh, I can't remember the cutoffs, but somewhere around from thirteen to what twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, somewhere in there. I mean, it's a pretty. There's a, like 75% identify themselves as not being traditionally straight, of children, of young people. But when they get past 25, 26, 27, that number goes from 75% down to 1%. Yeah, that's right. And so this Same is, so this is the, so, so, okay, so bingo. So yeah. it's not, it's not the issue of, of living and let living. It's an issue of activism and a matter of what's cool. And the kids are following what's cool, and what's eventually going to happen is, is that again, my daughters will be the conservative at some point, and their children will think them to be haters, hedonists, and some kind of folk. This is a very strong possibility of that. Yeah. The reason I was holding my hand when you're speaking, first off, is that you know, um, I understand science, I understand the social side of things. When the two have to talk together, they have to use philosophy to do so. I understand this real well. When we talk in terms of good and bad, we have to say for what? Mm -hmm. Because the argument you're making is a strong one, but the person is saying it's good for me and not good for society. There lies a great difference. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> when people come into this, and these activists say that my way is good for whom? For them, and you see, this is the is issue. Is it good for society? Right. Now, now the, they're, they're grouping this thing into the idea that uh, if you're a homosexual, or you are have a gen, gen, uh, improper genetic, uh, genetic identity, is they want to say that this is the way you were born. And the reason why they're using this tactic is because they want it to become a protected class. Because all of our protected classes that we have in civil rights are all about what the Supreme Court is determined is indelible, meaning that you're born with a skin color, you cannot change it. So it's, a, it's considered a, an indelible um, characteristic of a human, and so therefore you cannot treat them differently. And that's the argument. And this has been going on for a very long time about whether blacks were human or not. It goes all the way back to Darwin's time when they were trying to decide whether or not they were actually humans or they were an improper link, which was eugenics. But I'm so long-winded on this is because this is exactly the tactic that they are taking. Why? Why are they trying to say that I was born a homosexual, you don't have the right, you freaking Christians, to tell me that I am an abomination to God, a God that I don't, that you serve, I don't serve. And that's the point. And that's, and that's it entirely. 
You know, this is the, uh, I want to pull back to, to this idea, uh, this poem, right, that we reference, first they came for. And it reads as something to this effect. First they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for the communists, and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. So the side, So what happens is, is that it just very slowly but surely, tyranny is what it is. Tyranny, under any banner, I don't care if it's a Nazi flag or a rainbow flag, tyranny, go, it, it's, it's lions and a zebra, and, and, and a herd of zebras. It picks them off one by one. If they're in mass, they can't, they can't, you, you, the line will not be successful. But it isolates individual, indiv individual people, individual groups. It separates and it consumes and it devours them. And then pretty soon, you, the herd is gone. You've got one zebra left and he's done too. So then am I completely wrong, perhaps, in looking at the way I've been looking at this and thinking, okay, these people must be afraid of something. And what that something boils down to is me. Are they afraid that I am going to force them to believe in whatever I believe because I choose to do this, this, and this? Are they afraid that afraid of me because I'm not gay, I'm not whatever, but I really don't care if they are, but are they afraid that because I'm not, I'm going to coerce and oppress them? just because that's the way they are. And is this is none of this really then about fear? Let, let's get let's take fear off the table because I don't fear any of that because I'm sorry, I don't believe what you believe. Go on, do whatever. I you know, I really don't believe it, but as long as you don't come to cut my head off, you know, whatever. But to that to the point of that poem, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, if, if I don't speak out, then who's going to speak out for me? Uh, but, you know, I'm certainly seeing your flag or your whatever isn't going to suddenly turn me gay, so I don't fear that. It's not, you know, okay, so you're going to, you know, dip your wick in whatever you want to dip it. I don't care. But is it no more than about uh, establishing authority? Is it more about... It's about coercion power. from it's them. Power. Is it about power? It's is power. it about that tyranny? Is it about the power born so, out of tyranny? So, for example, so look screw at, fear. So, it's not about that at all. You don't fear me. You want to rule me. So look at so look at so look it, at the uh, orientation of Western society as generally speaking a Judeo having Judeo Christian roots, although those roots weakening, dying, whatever. Look at what that is, and look at how it is regard whatever the group happens to be. And then look at what, what's the worst thing that in Western society that happens to the aforementioned group? Well, pray for them, right? Their sin's no different than my sin, right? So, I mean, you go through that whole exercise. And then we observe across the pond what it is they do to them in the Middle East. Cut their heads off, throw them off a building, crucify them. And I, as a Christian, who do not endorse their lifestyle, what they do, say that is not right, that's not okay, that shouldn't be right. We, should, we in this nation, we should never do that to anyone. Should never, right? That, that, right. that behavior is abhorrent. And so how it is you have now these two incongruent within the American left, these into incongruent, incompatible uh, protected classes of LGBTQ and... Islamic, some very radical, not compatible, but they're still part of the same tyrannical movement. There's no logic in it. The, the only logic that, that is behind it is autonomy. It's the only logic that they're out. What do you mean by that? I, I the, think the, the argument about autonomy is that you, as a citizen of the United States, should be free to do whatever the hell you want to do, as long as you don't. Yeah, coerce or treat us and bother someone else's trade. Right. That's it. They're after autonomy. And so what they want to strip away is, is these Judeo-Christian Judeo moral concepts where someone feels bad because they are not acting in a manner that deals with their, their, their personal sins. Do we have any idea what the world would look like if it wasn't the West, very specifically, if we did not have the Judeo-Christian? Yeah, we do. We, we, look at Nero. Yeah, look at Rome. Rome. Rome's a great example of it because, because the sophistication of Rome there's a good, great par parallels, and a lot of people think in the in the 
New Testament and revelations that, that the United States is the new Rome, but it's, it's up for debate. But there's a lot of parallels that are involved in it. One of the things about Rome was that Rome uh, assimilated uh, civilizations all over the Mediterranean. Now, you can't say the world because China was like a bigger empire than Rome had, but at any rate. But Rome is a great example of that because of all the different people that were in it, and they had a slave system that they operated under. Mm-hmm. And it was, and, it, and they wound up having laws for slaves. And the people they assimilated were they assimilated because France said, "Gee, I'd like to be under Roman control," or was it no. because was the Romans the went and conquered? Some right. did, some didn't, some didn't. I mean, you look at, look at how look at how it is. Rome. The argument's been made. Um, the Teutonberg Forest where three legions were slaughtered Barbies. by Germans, by the barbarians. Barbies, exactly. They were totally slaughtered. Uh, not, just the, not just the soldiers, but their families, their yeah, children. They, the whole, just totally wiped out. That was the first, because of that one battle, that one incident, it wasn't really a battle, it was a bushwhack, but because of that one incident, Rome went no further into Germania. And there were some of Germanian rule who said, no, we want to be a part of the Roman Empire because of the things they bring, i.e. aqueducts, infrastructure. A common language. A common, right, common language, commerce. And a then global there were, trade market of what their the, right, war yeah, so was. Without a common and, language, there is no diplomacy. Don't mean to and, no, 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 that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm used to it. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and for, and for good cause. I take it as a job now. It is. <laughs> and so we understand one another. Right. That's good. And But the issue also comes back to the matter, but some did want to be a part of Rome, and some of them did not. So the idea that Gaul didn't want to be a part, and some were subjugated, some were subjugated, but some were saying, no, this is a good thing because this represents some kind of progress. But, but the, ultimately it doesn't matter whether it's a simulation by the sword because when you look at all the people coming in from the, from the, our neighboring southern border, all those countries are coming up here for a reason. And they've been assimilated, not by the sword, but by our, by our phones and our TVs and whatever you want to say. It's information. The, the idea is that there's an advantage to them that's coming up here. And, and, but they see it not as an advantage, they see it as a necessity. And you go and if you travel abroad, you will find this all over the place. And, but the point still, I think, to Peter's issue is that what does a person really fear? Do they really fear the Ten Commandments, or is it just the principle of the thing? It's what they, what the people, people like about the U.S. is the idea of its, of your autonomy that that you are you are allowed the, the liberty mm-hmm. without coercion, which we're going to define specifically because there's two different types of coercion. We're going to say specifically the coercion we're describing is that when someone will use force or a viable threat to get you to do something, that's coercion. I.e. via the state. Right, by the state. Right. But, we're, but we're saying it, and I want to define that, because we, before we are talking about two different types of conversion, uh, coercions. But at any rate, that's the thing that they're after right now, is that we can have peaceful disagreements, civil tension, mm-hmm. and, it, and it can all pull itself together. And we're having that now. Now, the issue that's going on is that the Judeo-Christian Foundation, which started this country, which is why, which has carried us through some really bad times, has been hijacked by both sides. Judeo-Christians have used this or to, uh, for a political advantage. And the people are looking at this and saying that, no, we, this shouldn't be a thing. But baby in the bathwater, you know, they, they, they want to throw the whole system out. This is the way I view it. I mean, from a political standpoint, I think this is an issue that's going on. And I give, really do. And give consideration to the the, the, the matter of of bakeries. That that is a yeah. You're not you're not you're, absolutely that, that someone based on their moral conscience, based on their Judeo-Christian underpinnings, are not allowed to refuse service not to people, but for a very specific purpose. And that is, in my liberty, said, look. I don't. I mean, look. If you you know, a couple guys, girls want to come into my bakery, I guess, and buy cupcakes for their office party. And they're hanging all over each other. It's like, well, you know, here are your cupcakes. But if you're asking me to endorse and co- de- and coerce me, decoration, okay, does, so uh, to, a woman right to to engage and, and to and to be coerced to uh, somehow being a part of your wedding. Well, no, I have. I should be in my religious liberty to say that's a bridge too far for me. Here's a list of bakeries who can help you. Thank you very much. Go live in your liberty, and I'll live in mine. But that isn't the agenda. It's the coercion, and we have it 
on the case of in Colorado and Oregon. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is in, under in, fire in, in San Antonio. Texas, they've they, been they kicked out. They cannot, they've been refused to be able to put a restaurant inside the airport mm-hmm. because of their religious beliefs. And, the, and the, the state is actually saying that we're not going to let you in here. And it's going to go to a court of law. They're going to lose that battle. But it's, it's amazing that they think that they have the right to do so. Yeah, and that. So when you talk about this idea of fear, this is the argument. Can we can we stick with Chick Fil A just for a moment? Sure. Um, I'm hungry too. Because there's stuff I don't. <laughs> is this fresh? Um, it should be. Yeah. I don't think it's fresh enough. I've yet. I've been to Chick Fil A. I don't particularly like food, but I've been there, and nobody tried to convert me. Nobody point. was right. messing with me. That's not the point. The point so why is it offensive? Because the dollars that go that everybody spends at Chick Fil A, they make profit off it. They take that profit and they uh, further the advances of the corporation's political beliefs, which they have stated that, that, that they are Christian. And, and so okay, so you don't, don't like Christians. Don't patronize and you don't like them. Correct. And don't give them the money to. To, uh, Correct, but this, but this government body thought that they had the authority to deny them the ability to actually open a business inside of a public facility funded by tax dollars. And that's the coercion we're re- that's referencing. The cor- this, is a, this, is a, this is an example of what John has been talking about, about coercion. It seems like a small thing, you know, like, so what? But, no, it, it, it is the, the it, you know, you use whatever analogy you want, the brick that comes out of the dam that starts the whole thing to collapse. And so I would look at that rainbow flag going back to our original, that rainbow flag across the street. If it was just that, that's not the issue. But we are now in, a, in an environment where that isn't the issue. Now I look at that and I see you're trying to coerce me. You're trying Sad to corrupt, activism. You're trying to co- you're trying to corrupt my children. I, so on and so forth. I'm just finding out that my enemy here, this thing that's been banging on my head and pissing me off for so long, is not their position or what they. It's their activism. It's the fact that they're trying to step on my ass. It's their activism. That's right. And, but was it? But but. I, I threw the hand grenade. Let me just take it back another way. I, I, I respect your beliefs. Mine may be different, but I, I, I respect your beliefs. That is a Judeo-Christian I, I, attitude. Okay. And I listen to your arguments with open ears. But let, let's take it back to stars and bars. Mm-hmm. And Ken, you and I have had a few yes. conversations about Specific stars, stars and, bars. and bars. If you <clears throat> were black, if your three generations earlier, your parents were slaves, maybe sure. early generation, maybe multiple generations in slavery, and you felt oppressed, there was action to gain the right to become equal to others. They didn't want to take over the country and say everybody should be black and everybody should believe what we believe, but they wanted to be treated as equals and peers. And they, you and I have talked about the history of the stars and bars and our interpretation of the symbolism of the stars and bars, but to someone who was a family history of a victim of slavery that their view of stars and bars and and Jefferson Davis statues and everything else. Robert E. Lee. Are you talking about the Confederate flag or the U.S. flag? Confederate. The Confederate flag. We're talking about the Confederate flag. The Confederate Confederate stars and bars. U.S. flag. I thought that he was saying, but, but I just want to so there, are, there are so, four flags with the name Star of the Bars. Right. So, I'm speaking in oh, particular the, the to the Confederate flag is what you're the, the Confederate federal flag. The battle right. flag. Yeah. So the so so the question that I would have before I would even attempt an answer is is by bringing that up. For well, no, I would say this: the number one, that's a totally independent debate than the previous. The issue is, and many civil rights, um, African-American black civil rights leaders of the modern era are absolutely outraged that what they are trying to do with regards to their cause is being equated to the modern LGBTQ movement. They say, do not associate what you are doing in your LGBTQ movement with what it is we are doing. 
we are not the same. We are not this of the same um, color, ilk, uh, motivations, totally different. Ideology. Point, ideology, points of origin, do not equate us. So if we want to have that conversation with regards to a flag of the stars and bars being the Confederate battle flag, we can have that so long as it is not being made analogous or simply drawn to a rainbow flag on my neighbor's house across the street, which by the way, there is not. But you get the point. So as we can have those right those (laughs) 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 as we can have those conversations independent of one another, because that's what the LGBTQ community has done. They've said we are the civil rights movement of the modern era. And guess what? My daughters would agree. They said we are a part. We are we are in Selma. Fist in the air. We're at the sixty eight Olympics. Power to the people. Absolutely. That's exactly what they see this as. And the modern civil rights uh, leadership say, absolutely not. The co- you are colleges not are teaching us. This. The colleges are teaching this. They're yes. saying that this is a, this is a civil rights action. It's right. the same as slavery. Yeah. In fact, they have come out and said it directly that way. Yeah. It is the so, same as this is a slavery issue. Right. And it's not. So the conversation is absolutely willing to have. I'll field anything that anyone would ever throw to me. But those are two separate conversations. I just want to go in with that being understood. That's scary as shit. Do people really believe that they are the same? Yes. They're being taught this. This is this is part of this. This is a part of this thing in 1987. I can't think of the guy's name. It was almost at the tip of my head. But this this guy in uh, in 87 actually in 97 is when it first started being attacked um, because it was insidious. But that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to equate that all this is the same it's all under the name of oppression yeah which is cultural marxism right. from the frankfurt school this is what they're describing is this idea of oppression and so the lgbt black slavery is viewed as the same it's just oppression i'm and impressed because i have funny looking teeth you know I, everyone's impressed for a reason. so think of it this way so bad so there's hell a, with your teeth i'm a ginger <laughs> That's your problem. So, <laughs> so the so so right. Uh, so I'm a, so those of you that can see me on the radio, I'm uh, I'm yep. Italian, right? I'm actually I'm a quarter Italian, quarter Sicilian, the rest white Anglo-Saxon Protestant of various types. I just want to say that, that we verify there's only one hand moves around when he talks. That's right. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> The Irish, the, my Irish left is hanging on to the Italian right, so that right hand is, is gesturing. But the issue is, so I remember stories of when my grandfather was the first Italian, an immigrant as a child, the first Italian admitted to Ridgemore Country Club down in Chicago. He was the first, members only, he was the first Italian that they let in. And you know how I feel about that? As the grandson of an Italian immigrant being admitted that... that Previously, paisans were not allowed into that country club. You know how I feel about that? Jack squat nothing. You know, it has yeah. nothing to do with me. And this is the issue. Move on. And I don't mean that in the liberal Marxist sense, moveon.org. I don't mean that. What I mean is get over it. Man's inhumanity to man is something that's been with us since the fall. And guess what? Slaves were not originated by Americans or whites. Slaves derived from Slav. It comes from Eastern European or points of origin. This is the way life is. People enslave other people. Get over it. Move on. It's okay to turn the page in life. Because when we don't turn the page as individuals in life, because of something that has happened to a group on our history, because some percentage of me is them, you know what happens when I can't turn the page? I can't be my best self as I have been created to be. Whether by whoever, whatever, okay? Again, I'll turn that, that Western thought. You can, you get, you're imprisoned. And you know who gets to make the money off? Wait, I know, Dan, you're looking real Italian over there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, the issue is, but the issue is this, is that you know who makes the money when the individual gets held back because of actions taken by groups? The people that make the money are Jesse Jackson, your Al Sharpton's, and all the rest. You're not making the money. You're just, as Alan Key said it well, says, I got news for you. You're just on a different plantation. That's all that, right? 
turn the page. I don't know if I agree with that, but well, it's Alan Keyes, so but, right. Mm. But, but the idea, but the idea of the of the autonomy thing of it, you know, I think you're well spoken to what you're saying, but you know, the reason why they're doing this thing is, is they want they need to have something to point back in the past to see that if we don't stand up against this this group of rich people that are controlling everything, who's to say we won't fall back into slavery? Sure, that's the argument. Right, right. You know, right. even even though there are no data points to suggest that. No, there isn't. Right. Well, I mean, there is some history that's involved in it, but it, but it, but they're using it wrong. It's hilarious to me, but uh, I'm not going to get into that. But I mean, you know, it's interesting that uh, to your point, you know, that uh, uh, God created man in His own image, and since the fall, man's been trying to return the favor. I'm not doing. I got a rule. I don't know if I answered the question, but but yeah. but really, but by the same token. I'll, I'll listen to your point of view as well. And again, these are things we may never agree upon, but, but here it, we it's are. What they are not doing is they don't listen to us at all. We listen to them. We're trying to figure this out. And the tolerance level on those who are activists is zero. Because right. they believe that we hold, we, Anglo-Saxon whites, hold all the keys to power. Which for, which for a wanna, long time. You want to relearn that as a white man go downtown. I mean, but I'm just saying that this is what this is what drives it. This is what's the driving factor is: is that they believe that the society has been set up is is is, is to been, suppress them, yeah. oppress them. Thank you. Thank you. And by the and by the same and by the same token, that for the for the longest time, white white Anglo-Saxon, for the longest time, Italians were not considered that. And nor were the Irish. No, well, I mean, I mean I'll tell you, I mean, look, okay, so, right, so my, my dad being from Chicago, my mom from downstate Illinois, they met at Western Illinois University. Um, I got news for you, there weren't any Italians where it is my mom came from. And, you know, I mean, it was, it was different. It was a step. It was like, wait a second. So the idea of what is Airfingers, quote, white is not the same. So I want to say, wait a minute. I'm. I mean, I could make the argument. I'm not white. I'm not what Ken Nicholson is or Dan. I'm certainly yeah, no the, Dan I, Ginger. The, the persecution of the Irish coming into this country is well documented, sure. well known. Yeah, but how many of the Everyone Irish, of which I am a very strong descendant, of course, you don't. I I can't name one example or think of one Irish person who says, "Oh, but poor us. We were persecuted." Yeah, so. Well, the, the, right. the reason because the Irish are typically too drunk to revolt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, we're working on stereotypes, so I throw yeah. that out there. <laughs> I mean, since we're having a good time, it ought to be at someone else's expense. You know, and, <laughs> and, and, and perhaps there's a little bit of that which comes through in my question wow. the way I started this is, you know, hey, we're just over here hanging out doing our own thing. What the hell are you afraid of? And... Uh, of course, not giving any thought to the fact that you may not be afraid of anything. You simply want power over us, over me. You want to take that power and you want to oppress everybody else. The destroy power, period. There is no right, there is no wrong, there is no truth. Well, they believe that Which is what the philosophy in Rome was. All that philosophy that the Romans had used, and you look at the writings in the first century, it all kind of accumulates to that end. Uh, One of the greatest moral teachers was Seneca. And and Seneca, he wrote a lot of cool stuff, but he said, uh, when a a Patrick had come to him and said, you know, I want you to teach my sons, he goes, I'm the wrong guy, man, because, you know, I just say what I think should be done. It's not what I do. And that's kind of the idea of it, isn't it? Yeah. And so wars are wars are fought between peoples for what purpose? You know, I mean, is it always about money or is it about the idea of what they're going to teach their children to be and what they're and what they're what, what is society, what is all this? It's all about the next next group. It's all about the next the next wave coming through. You act out of love to those people, generally that's the idea for them to learn what's going to be the most successful for them. Mm-hmm. But when everything's being torn apart, what's the message? If a person goes back and looks at... What's the message? Well, that's the fear. That's, that's the fear that a that's parent the, should have, and they don't. That's the fear. And then what is the message there? And Because I do fear for my kids growing up. I mean, what are they going to do when they're you know in their 50s 
and their hair is turning white. Well, they don't have to worry about because we're being told in 20 years to be dead because of uh, change of climate. <laughs> you know, you laugh. But, you laugh, but there are people that are in, I, uh, I know in that's psychiatric a, wards, people that are being dumped up, people that have to take antidepressant pills because of this argument about global warming. And this mm-hmm. and that same and that same argument was and that was that does make me laugh. And that and that same <laughs> and, and it's a sad situation, man. And and that same and that same thing was um was purported on the uh, CD liner of my ZZ Top Recycler album in 1990, which was a terrible uh, follow-up to Afterburner, which was a mediocre follow-up to Eliminator. <laughs> but uh, but agree on something finally. But it has right in there, says we only have 10 years to save our planet. That was right. back in 1990, and it was right on the liner. And so the activism was there. Even, I mean, even back then. So it's the same thing. Yeah. It's no different. It's the same thing. And... And it does, but all of this does give me great concern for my kids, my future. I imagine there will be grandchildren uh, coming up, and hopefully, you know, great grandchildren. I may or may not be around by the time they're they're here. But uh, what kind of society will they enter you know, into? You know, because this, I tell you, right now, this country does not look a damn thing like it did. Uh, back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s when I was, you know, coming and, and you of see, age. And the problem is, is that, and one of the problems is, is that many non-Judeo-Christians have been reaping the benefit of Judeo-Christian um, rules and order and ways of seeing the world and behaving within the world. They've been reaping the benefits of this for quite some time. And what happens is that pretty soon things are running on a full tank to half a tank to a quarter tank to fumes. And once you start running on fumes, things start to sputter and things begin to come out of balance. And that can be the Judeo-Christian within itself and Judeo-Christian balanced against reason from the Greek. Once those systems, mechanisms begin to sputter because people literally begin to shrug them off and throw them off as no longer being valid, then you start to see things start to fall fall apart. Now, Dan probably knows this, and his left eyebrow is raised because he's, he's, that's pounce mode for Dan. I, I know, I'm getting to know the cues, and, and um, I can still make him laugh, and that's good because this kind of distracts him briefly, gives me a moment to take a few more breaths. But, the, but Dan probably knows this. That, but Winston Churchill, in his volume, The History of English-Speaking Peoples, it was in the first book, one of four books, the first book, I can't remember the chapter, but he very specifically addressed the matter of Rome and its demise and its, and its collapse. And I remember reading that when I was, I, I think I was a freshman or a sophomore in college, and I remember, and I remember reading that, and I wrote in the margin, my God, that's us. And that was back in the 90s, late 80s, 90s. That's us. The things that he described, Winston Churchill, History of English-Speaking Peoples, uh, go back and look at it. He described Rome, but he described us. That's interesting. And on that note, I think we're going to wrap this one up. I don't, I think actually. Did we answer your question? You did, as a matter of fact, and you helped me reframe it. Because I don't, at this point now, walking out of this conversation, I do not think what I perceived as a fear, I don't think is a fear now. I'm walking out of this thinking... It's tactics. It's tactics. And That's right. Yeah, it's tactics. It's, 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 a, it's a form of coercion that I was not recognizing as coercion. And uh, because I look at things and go, hmm. you know, I, I'm very much a... You do what you want until you come on to my yard. That time is too late. Yeah. And and you're right. That time it's too late. Uh, you, you do what you want until you're, you know, if you're coming at me with your fist, you're going to get met with mine. And now, and now, and, and now the state to pick up on that analogy. Now the state is, and here in Illinois, says it's not a matter than being in your yard. They have to cross your threshold. They have to cross your threshold, and they have to present a weapon at two in the morning and they have to present that to you not your family you in order to use lethal force to protect you but to to bring that conflict to an end that's how far to dan's point once they get to your yard it's too late because now what the state has done it's not your boundary line now it's your threshold and the nature of the threat has to be to you specifically and personally not your children or your wife or your loved ones 
it's too late. Or your dog. And and that's where, in such an instance, the state of Illinois and I would not get along. And Uh, it's just the way that is. One of the many good reasons to get the hell out of here. So the important thing coming from last, we're going to end this, but I know the important thing coming from last week was, what do we do? Mm. What's our active role instead of just sitting here and talking? And what we're doing is we're trying to show that it's more than just an ideology, mm-hmm. that there's actually a war being fought. Yeah. And the, and the concept of a war being fought for these groups that are trying to do this, there's a reason why they did it uh, clandestinely. There's a reason why they kept the lid on who they were getting their information from, you know, and they're talking directly about social Marxism, uh, uh, cultural Marxism, excuse me. Um, <clears throat> there's a reason why they kept that down. They now don't feel that way any longer. They think now is the time to shout it from the rooftops because there has been very little pushback from people very much that have the attitude that you possessed that I don't need to do anything until it comes to me. No. And this is why they are gaining ground and they're actually becoming bolder and bolder. And you see it in the newspapers. You see it in the print. On on the TV. And the ridiculousness of comments being made that someone would actually say this into a microphone 15 years ago, they probably would have been taken off for some therapy sessions. You but see, now it's, it becomes a normalcy because the ideology is changing because of lack of a pushback. And you see it in the classrooms. And I, well, That's where they started. Right. They, they knew that they had to start in the classrooms in order to propagate this idea. So when these kids became in power, they were already preloaded. Right. Well, now they're in the, that's the, the idea. That is classroom is being defined out in collegiate, but in your lower elementary. Yeah, they grade. began there. Yeah, right. yeah. And, the the tearing part of the, of the United States begins there. I mean, the, the teachers were trying from the '60s. These are these teachers that were coming into these classrooms. The kids that were in the '60s were then once they got into authority in the classrooms, they were ripping on the U.S. because that's what they did during the Vietnam War, and they see and they saw such the great injustice of our system, and that's what they're doing now. Socialism, Marxism, all this stuff all stems from the 60s. And, and I, I have seen a lot, and this is, I mean, this is really why I started Civil Tension, is because we, every Friday morning gathering, were having some pretty deep conversations because we could. And we had a lot of people many times disagreeing, but it's very much a like-minded group, but disagreeing, but we can do this. And there, I've been watching for a long time and looking and seeing things that are being done and, and, you know, these tactics, these coercions now. But for a long time, I've looked and said, why are they trying to start? Because it's very, very apparent to me, and it has been for a long time, somebody's trying to start another civil war. And we may be in the process, like you just said, of fighting that right now, through ideology, maybe we're having an ideological war at the moment, and that is again. I've I've long been one of the "don't bring it to my yard" kind of kind of guys, but again, maybe the whole point of this is to. And I think civil tensions evolving a little bit, where we've been talking about some things very directly. Lately, especially since I would say the first of the year, maybe a little bit before that, but it is time for people to start looking very seriously at what others are doing and where they're coming from and why they're coming from. Because again, something as simple as don't decorate for Easter, don't decorate for Christmas, please respect our delicate sensibilities. But that's not the case. But that's not the case. That's that's not the case. That is not the case. And and again, you know, are you really afraid of my of me and my beliefs? No. You, you, okay. You, now I understand. Do you want to know what what this is? You talked about you know an ideological civil war. Do you want to know what we're embroiled in right now? You this if you want the cliff notes on that, go read Patrick J. Buchanan's speech at the 1992 Republican National Convention. And one of the lines in there, we are in a war for the soul of America. And you go back and... Exactly, he quoted Patrick J. Buchanan. If you go back and you read that speech that Buchanan delivered, he was absolutely right then, he's absolutely right now. Well, and that, that may very well be the case, and I've long been of the opinion that 
we're going to come out on the other side of this. I don't know how we'll come out. I don't know who's going to win. By voices in the it's in the, as long as the structure of the rule of law doesn't change, you're golden. If they start tearing apart the idea of of, uh, of the First Amendment rights and they start and they start taking liberty with this, <laughs> such as the idea of I never speech, saw the irony there before. Such <laughs> the idea of hate speech undefined. Mm. Who determines this is a hateful speech? In my book, I wrote about a guy ordering a Tito's and tonic because he didn't want the herbal-infused liquors of the, of the modern-day liberals. And I had one of my editors come back and said, this is a hate statement. How is that a hate statement? Huh. Yeah. Oh, boy. So huh. you get a, kind of a picture of what they're after. Or I mean, not they, but I'm just I saying truly, you get a picture of what the argument is. I truly believe we're to come out, no matter what the outcome is, it's going to be a massive, bloody Mess. It won't be literally. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. I, I don't think we're going to go to. I don't think there's going to be weapons involved. I do. I think we, I, as long as it, the law it, still stays the same, we can do this. Well, they're changing. They want to they have sit downs in, in in block traffic. They'll do that all the way up until someone's going to sue their asses in a collective suit because they lost income and can prove it in a court of law. And you'll see an end to those sit downs in traffic areas. I think you're incredibly optimistic. Yeah. No, I've seen history. I know what the law does. It takes a while for it to work, but I've watched it. But if you strip away the fact that we are a nation of laws, then you got problems. But that's what's happening. That's so, what's so, happening. So maybe this. I'm being told that I can't do things. Look at the difference in the HR business from you know 20 years ago to now. So my God, so, you're not allowed to ask so, somebody. Are you married? So maybe yeah, the, right. maybe maybe this is the topic for next week. Why why to push back gently with Dan, why do we think that this time is any different than was America Sierra eighteen fifty three? Same laws, reason. I would go, back to, so I would go back to McKinley's uh, presidency and the issues that were done then. This is in eighteen ninety. But point well taken. But you'll but you'll see it. And, and, and you want to look at the law, look how the Supreme Court has developed. The sure. sophistication of the court and its authority in the country it's advocacy. has improved significantly. And the Supreme Court is that crucible that where all these ideologies are compared to with our Constitution and the soul of America. This is the idea of these Supreme Court justices to hold us. That's mm. why they want to change it. It's so easy to change, though. It's amazing to me how the Supreme Court has stayed anywhere close to center. To me, it's amazing to me that we haven't gone seven nothing in one direction or the other. The courts know. The courts know that if they don't pay attention to what's happening in the in the within the social network of the country, they'll become insignificant. And they know this, and so they're very careful about what they'll rule and what they won't. And they're, not, and they're not there to dictate to anybody. They're there to interpret. Well, they've had their moments of activism. That's true. Well, and on that note, we're okay. going to click stop on oh, episode 68. <laughs> no, actually. I take it back. I think I've been going for a while here. So. Go on, GPT. No. Next week. Well, next week, episode 69. Hey, that's so. did, did, did.